Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we are always striving to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. And we are rejoicing that you have come across this message. We believe that it's no accident that you're listening today, but rather a divine appointment. We hope and desire that God will speak to you through this message and that it will help you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message which is already in session. Today I am compelled to entitle this message today, whether it's a series or not, what is to be seen, but compelled to call it Overcomer. I believe that we are overcomers. I know that we are, not because I'm hopeful or because I'm just going to name it and claim it. I know that we're overcomers because God's Word says it. And it's important that we base everything. And so don't be afraid to declare that today, that you are an overcomer. But like any day of all, we are all experiencing weird things different than we would have expected. 2020, that's kind of the definition of 20, is things going different than what we expected doesn't mean that God doesn't have something in store. Of course he does because God is big in that way and he's loved. He loves his kids. And so here we are looking at a series or a, uh, a thought today called Overcomer. I declare that you are an overcomer. I declare that not because I'm pastor, but because you are God's child. You are called and anointed by him. And he's equipped you because of Christ Jesus. You can say you're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we are facing different circumstances today individually, uh, in my family individually, uh, facing different things and kind of fighting some things, and as a church body, uh, and of course as a nation, we are facing things weird. Uh, it's to probably... a the easy word to say. It's just weird. <laughs> Amen? It's just weird. But how many of you have ever felt, uh, ever heard the the phrase, I'm, been, I'm sick and tired? And I, I want to use that word carefully because I believe there's life and death in the power of our tongue. But it's sometimes a word saying, I'm sick and tired. And I've heard it been said in a way that's sick and tired like a defeatedness. I've also heard of being sick and tired like we're drawing the line in the sand today. and Say, I'm sick and tired of doing and dealing in this fashion and form. And so it's in that understanding and in that meaning and the definition of being sick and tired that I'm declaring that I'm sick and tired of, of taking or receiving or feeling lesser than an overcomer. And I, I would declare that over you today, that you would say that I'm sick and tired. We're drawing the line in the sand to say, no, 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 no. God is good and he's awesome and he's mighty and he's more powerful than anything. So often we feel sick and tired because of circumstances. Uh, circumstances are always the, the, the crux of how we feel, why we get to the place where we feel sick and tired. We all face these kind of circumstances in weird ways, and they can affect us in kind of weird ways. I'll just be honest with you, and I'm just going to try to be frank as well as I can uh, with you uh, today. Uh, little things can affect us in great ways. Big things, of course, can affect us in big ways. And in often our psyche, we don't often uh, understand very well. Um, our, our psyche doesn't always determine well uh, a real crisis versus a, a felt crisis. 
And uh, and so we're, we're dealing with a, a, a world pandemic. I understand that that's a crisis. But I also know humanly and selfishly, often we feel just as in despair about other sillier, maybe sillier things than just a grand thing. So it's it's important to understand that. Why is that? Because our feelings are fleeting. And our feelings are feelings, but they're not reality many of the times. So I'm not saying we don't ignore, we don't, shouldn't they just totally ignore it and not have a feeling? I think that's a gift from God. But also know that it can't be the determining factor in our lives on what we are or who we are or what God's doing. I say all that because I'll be honest with you, I'm having a bad hair day. And uh, of course, it's, it's, you know, you're like, oh, pastor, come on. Your hair always looks the same. I, I've been told this, but not to me. Not to me. Every day it's different. It doesn't always feel like it's the right way. And and and, and sometimes it messes my day up. Uh, I know it's vain. I know it's ridiculous. But it doesn't, it doesn't change how I feel at times, right? And, uh, and I think that's really where I'm getting at. Now, I'm going to determine not to let the bad hair day, the feeling of the bad hair day, determine my day but it's really a choice isn't it it's a choice uh if someone pulls out in front of you or you hear something you didn't want to hear or you you interpret something that you interpret as is a bad thing even though maybe it wasn't intended that way uh, we can take it that way and so um but i don't want to just i understand that you're also i don't know where you are personally i don't know what you're facing and you may be really facing something detrimental um horrible horrendous um, and, and what I'm trying to get at and as I'm rambling on here is that our feelings are weird in that we can have a bad hair day and think it's horrible but we can also have a loss of a loved one and of course think it's horrible and I, I would think all of us would weigh those differently but in the moment we feel uh, desperate and, and disillusioned and all of those kind of things and so I don't know where you are if you're having just simply having a bad hair day and it's really affecting you or if you're facing a really bad report from the from the doctor or from your work or uh, the bank account, whatever it is, I believe God's got some words for us today, and uh, I need it today. And I'm speaking by faith today myself because, like you, I'm facing stuff. I'm in this world and I'm facing, you know, uh, fighting some different things. And uh, one is I'm fighting uh, talking to an empty empty room, which is not ideal as a minister you you would you would understand that uh and uh well maybe you'd understand anyway i don't know here i am just rambling again so that's what i mean that's the disease of being in an empty room <laughs> so thank you for staying on uh, hold on keep keep I, i've got a point here i don't know where you are in your walk uh, i don't know where life is treating you but i want to talk today about being sick and tired or more importantly what do we do with that feeling of being sick and tired i think we all felt that way and so i'm not going to be talking today about the wise it would be easy to go there and there's so many of course there's so many ways of why we might feel the way we are and 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 i understand there's a lot of questions and today i i can't go there because it's not really the point of god's word uh the point is that no matter what we're facing he's got an answer for it and the answer is hope and so I want to bring you hope today, hope of his better future, his better life, even in the midst of something that you might not be experiencing as beautiful in the time and in the moment. I also want to talk about the response. 
Maybe we can't question. Maybe we're not going to get the answer, but we can control our response. I know in my life, I'm just if I'm just being honest, uh, responding to something in a wrong way almost always makes it worse. And so we want to talk about this. If you get into find yourself in a bad moment, uh, we can often take a bad moment, an instant, and blow it out of proportion. I have done that so many times where I've taken a, a molehill issue and I've made it a mountain. And I've, I've, I've like, you know, it's a little firecracker in the way. And I said, oh, no, it's, a, you know, it's, it's a dynamic uh, dynamite exploding my whole world. And it gets so kind of crazy about it. So, uh, so I don't know where we are. I don't know where you are, but I know that God has got some great things today. So I want to I want to talk about how to walk through it. Now, in order to do this, I need you to turn to your Bibles. We're going to look in Acts chapter 16. Now, I know that most of you uh, may not be familiar with Acts chapter 16. Like, oh, I know what that is. Maybe some of you do. Maybe some of you don't. But I know that most of you have heard uh, part, at least in part, this scenario, this passage of Scripture. And it really has to do with Paul and Silas having kind of a bad day. Uh, I, I say that kind of bad day very loosely because it's it's much worse than just a bad day, but I think we can use it as real truth and something kind of a launching uh, to what God wants to share, uh, what He's been sharing to me, and I'm just going to share. I'm just going to be honest and share with you what God has been sharing with me today. So in Acts chapter 16, I'm going to start in verse 16. Once. When we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. Verse 18, she kept this up for many days and finally Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. I like, I just will stop there. I liked how Paul was getting annoyed, but he spoke to the spirit behind the annoyance, not the person. I I love that. He spoke in that direction. He was saying, hey, I'm not putting a face to it. And I think we talked about that the last couple of weeks about not putting a face to this annoyance and this thing. At that moment, it said that the spirit left her. Verse 19 will go on. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged him into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar. By advocating customs unlawful for us Romans, to accept or to practice. Verse 22, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. This, folks, is undoubtedly a bad day. I would say that it is much deeper than just simply a bad day. 
And I know, I'll just say, I, I was going to say, I doubt anyone has, and I, that would be foolish for me to assume that anyone's faced a really hardship like this. But I can say for me, I've not faced that kind of a bad day. And I can't even imagine what there would have been going through their minds in those moments and in those times. Well, I can imagine this. I can imagine they had a lot of questions. I can imagine they had, they were like, what just happened? I can imagine feeling blindsided by this ridiculous response to something that they were in reality doing something wonderful. They were doing something normal by just going to church, living a lifestyle, going to the place to worship and encountering someone and setting them free from the oppression of a spirit that wasn't great. We, we see that in scripture. It wasn't a bad person. It was a spirit that was affecting that person in a, in a really weird way. And it was, it was bringing money, yes, but you can see that there was not a freedom in her life. There was something challenging. And so, but I, I, again, I'm thinking back how I would respond. I can't imagine responding. I, I wouldn't, I, I, except for humanly, we would respond poorly. I think I would. I'll just be, I'm just being honest with you. I have responded poorly in a much lesser difficult time of, of what they are experiencing. I've, I've definitely uh, responded worse uh, in a less harsh environment. And so I know that I, it's, it's a process that each one of us, uh, even as a pastor, we've got to get this in our mind. And I think that's why it's so important that we're talking about this today. But let's just you know, really quick back up. And I want to re-go back over this understanding of a bad day. Authorities are falsely accusing you. Entire crowd is mad at you for no apparent reason. Authorities are beating you now and 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 it says with rods and sticks. Now you're thrown into prison and on a false fabricated charge. Totally innocent but yet accused thrown into prison and 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 you see paul and silas they were just thrown into the cell for light offenders at the very best we could have said they were disturbing the peace maybe for looking for some kind of a charge disturbing the peace uh, that would maybe cause you to have an overnight stay but no they were thrown into the inner cell it says this is where the hardened criminals the real worst of the worst people were this is where they find themselves. And not only that, but they're tied down. It says that their feet are, are um, uh, fastened in stocks. They're, they're chained to the floor and the, and the wall. I don't know how I would respond like that. I know that, I, again, I said I've experienced worse things. Or, excuse me, I've experienced a lot less worse things things in life and I didn't do well I pouted sometimes I've cried sometimes I've questioned God like throw your fist at God I've gotten mad maybe maybe even at, dare I say God I've been I've, I've gotten depressed because of that kind of a situation I've 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 exploded on somebody because of me and being hard-pressed and then we begin to say questions, or I, I, again, I'm going to use myself. We say, why, God? Why is this happening? This isn't fair. Why do you have to 
call me God. I could see Paul and Silas. Why do you have to call me? I was just going to church. It's not fair. I didn't expect this to happen. God, I can't take it anymore. I, I think that's maybe, maybe, maybe in the past. I'm going to, I'm declaring differently today because I've, I've got some truth. I've got some learning. I've, I've done some learning. I've done some growing, some maturing. I, I don't think I would respond that way now. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I would, may not respond as great as I should, but I wouldn't be as dire. But at the same time, we certainly would have questions. So before we get into some of the remedies, how to do this, let's. I want to continue to read because I want to give us the good news. Just in case you're like, oh man, this is getting boring. I want you to hear the good news, the good side of what happens. In verse 25 of Acts chapter 16, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all of the others in the house, in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and immediately he and his and he and all of his family were baptized. The jailer brought him into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the orders, release those men. Verse, we're in verse 36. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can go. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we were Roman citizens. And they threw us into prison, and now they do not and and now they now and now do they want to get rid of us quietly no let them come themselves and escort us out the officers reported this to the magistrates and then they heard that Paul and Silas were roman citizens they were alarmed and they came to appease them and escorted them from prison requesting them to leave the city and after Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers, and where they met with the brothers and encouraged them. And then they left. As we read this, there's a good news: they were able to overcome it. <clears throat> Paul and Silas are a beautiful example of God overcoming. But you notice that they made some choices. There were some remedies that they used. I believe God. Revealed remedies here in this that you and I could use when we're having a bad day. When we're facing a place and in a place where we can't see a way out. 
we can see it differently. I believe God wants to give us a different perspective. I know because of life, we're all going to experience things. We've experienced things. You've experienced things maybe now or you will or you have. But I know that God is a God that has a remedy. He has a way out. God said Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? And so we want to go to the Father in this way. So I want to pray right here for just a moment because I know I've been doing a lot of rambling, but I believe God is speaking right in this moment, right to our hearts. And he's about to ready to for us the overcoming promise that he says that we are. I believe that as we hear the word today, it's going to be so fashioned in our hearts. It's going to reveal into our minds that we're going to buy it. We're going to believe it. We're going to receive it today. And it's going to change our perspective. Father, I believe this in Jesus' name. I pray for every person now. Every distraction, shut up. Every distraction, leave. I thank you, Father, that our hearts and our minds are open and ready to receive this truth, this truth, that, God, you've made a way. I declare that today. So we put everything aside for just a moment. Every bad news, every every good news, every, every natural thing we put aside for the moment that we can see supernaturally to look into the Spirit of God right now. I pray this by the power that is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we might see you, God. See your truth today. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. I'm getting emotional because I know God is doing some great things. So, in this passage, I want to recognize three God remedies. Three God remedies. So, if you have a piece of paper, you have some notes, uh, a place or a notebook or something where you can write this down, the first remedy is very easy. We can see it very plainly. It's easy. There's a bunch of bad, a bunch of bad, and the thing that was the changer was this number one praise praise somebody say praise praise some some of you just getting a breakthrough just by saying praise praise you god praise you god our life our joy the victory that god promised is not determined nor will it ever be determined by a circumstance our life, our joy, our victory is not determined by our circumstances. I just want to continue to declare, I'm declaring that over myself. My current life, the current struggle, the current push through, the current state that I'm finding myself, or you're finding yourself, does not determine the truth of joy and victory in my life. I don't I don't understand how God can do it, but he certainly does. It's his word, it's his promise. You're an overcomer, I'm an overcomer. We're overcoming. Amen. We are overcoming. So praise is one of the remedies. This is what it what this this in the reality, this kind of thing, this truth is what makes us as a believer different than from the world. 
Now, I know that you're looking at this, and you might be even looking at me like, okay, pastor has truly lost it. <laughs> he's, he's totally not looking at reality. God says in his word, he says, we are peculiar people. Peculiar people, sorry. And so, yes, it may seem outside of our intellect. But I don't believe that God says that the foundations of truth are based on intellect. They're based on his promises, on his word, on that he thinks higher and greater than we do. This is what makes us different. This is what makes, as a believer, different than the world. And in fact, the world wants to see different. I did. When I didn't know the truth, I wanted something different. Now I grew up at home and, 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 and all of that, but it doesn't mean that my life was grand, perfect all of the time. I have beautiful parents, uh, you know, and, and, all, and all of that. I'm not subtracting from that, but it didn't, it didn't protect me from life. I, I think that it was, um, prepared me. They helped prepare me in a very grand way. I love my, my parents, uh, but they weren't perfect because they're human. And all of my problems weren't based on a parent. They were based on the fact that we live in a world with problems. And thank you, praise Jesus, that God is a problem solver. He's a problem remover. He's a problem dissolver. Amen? And this is what makes us different. This mindset, this truth is what makes us different than the rest of the world. Praise. There's a song um, that... Someone's singing, it's called Praise Him in the Storm. And that's based on this promise. It's based really on seeing trouble, a bad day, and using the, the, the truth in the heart of God to overcome it. I know for me, personally, in my life, in my family's life, that we have faced some, some difficulties and some losses that we were blindsided by. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that this truth of praise was the thing that brought joy back. It's the thing that revealed that we are victorious even in a storm that we would have never imagined. I'm not saying that we didn't have some scars or we don't still have some things that we work through in, in, in this. But we're on the other side. And we're beginning to see glimpses more and more of God. Our joy is becoming, returning. Doesn't mean we don't have some sorrows and some, still have questions. But the questions never bring us to the place. But praise always brings us to the place where we begin to see clearly and that who we are and that we have hope. Paul and Silas were praying and singing them. They were singing hymns. They began to praise God, not for what they were dealing with. But even in the midst, they began to praise Him. God, I praise You right now in Jesus' name. I bind the enemy. I'm not giving praise to the enemy and his tactics. I'm giving praise to the Father who has overcome and has overcome the world. And has overcome for me. He's overcome for you. That's the promise of praise. That's the heart of praise. I'm getting my, I'm, in fact, I'm preaching myself praise in a praise spot. God, I praise you. I worship you. 
I'm trying to not get emotional and cry, you know, because I don't speak well when I cry. Second Corinthians chapter 12. I have another scripture, kind of a, to ponder here in this idea of praise. Say praise. God had been, or excuse me, Paul had been pleading with God with with something that he called, or the scripture calls, a thorn in the flesh. I, I think this is interesting. There's a lot of theory or theological uh, thoughts on what the thorn of the flesh would have been that Paul would have been speaking about. But I liken it to that that nagging, that challenge, that issue, that oh, that constant question, whether it's a one instance, or it's just that constant, here it comes again, this problem, this challenge, or whatever, and that nagging question, God, why? And I think that's really where we're going with this. It's not as important as the thing, but the response of the thing. And this is where Paul is begins to, God, why, why, why? And God didn't answer with whys, but he answered him beautifully with joy, with praise, and with, with a re- revealing of his heart for him. He says this, he says, my grace, Paul, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. He didn't answer him with intellect, but he blessed him with his love. And he says, my love and my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, you don't need to understand it, but you need to know that I'm with you. I'm for you, and I love you. I haven't forgotten about you. I'm sorry you're going through this, but the thing that you're going through doesn't determine my love for you. My grace is sufficient for you. It goes on to say, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul, I need you to stop trying to be perfect in yourself. I need you to be understood that when you're weak, I'm strong. you're strong in me. Because when you're weak, he's strong. I felt that way this week. I felt some weakness. I made some decisions and, and felt weak and felt compromised and all of those kind of things. And I, and I was like, Paul, why is this thing? God, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My wife helped me to push through it. Others have been praying for us. But God's grace is sufficient. It was kind of like he said, just just focus on my love for you. Don't focus on the answer. Yeah, I know you need to know answers and make decisions, but focus on me. My grace is sufficient for you. And when you begin to feel weak, listen, when it's in that weakness and then that surrender, my power is made stronger for you. Amen. So Paul responds there, says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in in, in Verse 10, he says about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake, I delight weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That was the response that Paul says, listen, I'm weak. When I'm weak, I'm strong. In other words, when I when I don't understand it, God is there. He's always been there, but we let it go and let him be our strength today i pray that for your pray I, I pray that for you today that you would receive that truth today 
not to say, yay, I love problems and circumstances and hardships and challenges. No, and I'm not saying to pray for that. I'm saying to, to pray that you'll see the perspective like Paul saw it, like God wants you to see what Jesus paid for, that even though you face it, you're, you're hard-pressed and you all of this, this is when God rises in the biggest way. Because we can't do it in ourselves. And he never wanted it to be that way. He didn't want us to do it in ourselves. He wants to, us to do it with him. He's our partner. We're his partner. I don't know. It's amazing. I know. He's God. And he uses us. He wants to bless us. For when I'm weak, I'm strong. I declare that today. Maybe you should declare today wherever you are. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I'm declaring that today for my life, my health, and the current struggles, and the current decisions. God, I lay down my strength. Not my hope. My hope's in you. I lay down my natural strength and understanding, and I say, God, I thank you that your power is rising up. I surrender to you. And I surrender in a way of praising you in this storm. I praise you now in Jesus' name. Come on. I praise you, Father, now in this storm. And the battle that I'm facing right now, or the battle that I'll face in the future, I will remember to praise you, not for the storm, but I praise you in the storm I'm an overcomer because of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Yeshua that lives in me. God, I thank you. I praise you. I magnify and glorify your name today. We worship you. Praise your name. You are worthy. You are great and you are mighty. I choose to praise you today because when I'm weak, you're strong. And Paul says, go so far as to say, that's why I boast about my Ah, thank you that I can rest in weakness knowing that it makes me strong it's you God make me strong it's name today do you believe it I pray that you receive that today I've got a lot more notes but I, I want to just stop there we'll, we'll, we'll continue maybe next week But I just want to speak life over you. I want to pray over you one more time today because I just feel the presence of God so strong in my life and I want to transfer it to you. I don't understand how it all could work, but I know God's right right where you are in this moment. Whether you're watching or you're listening, God is here speaking, declaring. He wants us to grab this because we might face troubles you might be facing trouble, you, you will be facing more troubles on this earth. But I mean, I'm not celebrating the troubles. I'm not saying, I'm not speaking that over you, but I don't want us to be blindsided. I'm speaking by faith to say that even though we might face problems, God is bigger than any problem. He's our praise. Amen. We praise Him today. Father, I praise You. I glorify You. I bind the enemy to bind, I bind the enemy's thoughts over our life that would cause us not to praise you. 
Devil, you're a liar and shut your mouth and get out right now. I release now my praise, God. For you are worthy, you are great, and you are mighty in this place. Wherever we are, I declare it now in Jesus' name. You are good and you are mighty in my life. Despite what I see, feel, taste, touch, you are mighty. I declare it today. I declare that my life is a life of revival. I'm being revived by the praise of my mouth to the Father, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We declare that today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. This has been a message from Word of Life Family Church. Thank you for listening. If you are ever in the Phillips, Wisconsin area, please come join us for one of our services. We're located at 104 Fairway Drive, Phillips, Wisconsin, 54555. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and Bible study on Wednesday is at 6.30 p.m. each week. For more information on our church or pastors, visit us on the World Wide Web at www.wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Again, we want to thank you for being with us today. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.